May the God of peace fill you with all joy in believing. Amen. The word of God for our meditation this morning is our first scripture reading from Proverbs chapter 9. I'll remind you of these words. Come, eat my food and drink the wine I have mixed. Leave your simple ways and you will live. Walk in the way of insight. This is the word of our God, my dear brothers and sisters in Christ. I'm going to lay out here for you uh, a menu, the details of a meal. Quite a nice meal, actually. And as I walk you through this, I want you to think to yourself, is this something that I would enjoy eating? We'll start with the appetizer. Steak stuffed mushroom caps with a blue cheese crust. For the salad, fresh baby spinach topped with smoked bacon, Asiago cheese, candied walnuts, port poached pears, and tossed with a bacon vinaigrette. Sounding good to me so far. For the soup, French onion with gruyere and a toasted baguette. And then comes the main course, 10 ounce filet mignon topped with Alaskan king crab meat and fresh asparagus and hollandaise sauce. Wash it all down with a nice Cabernet Sauvignon from the Sonoma Valley of California and top it all off with the creme brulee with Madagascar vanilla and toasted sugar crust. I don't know about you, but that's my kind of meal. It makes my mouth water just hearing about all that. Now, I didn't just make all that up. It actually comes off the menu of a place called Johnny Delmonico's. It's a steakhouse in downtown Madison. If you were to go there and order that meal, it would cost you about $120 per person plus tax and tip. So if someone invited you out to dinner to that kind of meal at Johnny Delmonico's and they were going to pick up the bill, well, you would be foolish not to go. In the portion of God's word before us this morning, our God invites us to a sumptuous meal, a delicious meal. Now, it's not a meal of surf and turf. It's a meal of wisdom and understanding. It's a meal that saves. And our God picks up the bill. He offers it to us free of charge. Through Solomon's spirit-inspired pen today, our God invites us, come to wisdom's banquet. It's a banquet that has been carefully prepared. It's a banquet to which everyone is invited. And it's a banquet that gives life. Wisdom. Wisdom has been a popular topic for many, many years. In fact, centuries. Collecting wise sayings into books has been a practice for many centuries. People like those wise sayings. But here's the thing. When it comes to God, the very best that the, the wisest philosophers and deepest thinkers of our world can come up with is that to get right with God, you have to be good little boys and girls. You have to do what God wants, and then once you do what God wants, then he will invite you to come near him, and he will let you into his heaven. My friends, that is not wisdom. That's a death sentence. God offers us a different, a much better kind of wisdom. In our text, wisdom is personified as a woman who is preparing a meal. And I want you to notice how carefully she prepares that meal and even the place where the meal is served for her guests. Wisdom has built her house. She has hewn out its seven pillars. She has prepared her meat and mixed her wine. She has also set her table. 
Wisdom prepares the place for the meal. A house with seven pillars is strong, it's solid, it's not easily knocked down. Wisdom also carefully prepares the food that is going to be served. You know, in Solomon's day, meat was a rare delicacy. You just didn't have meat at every meal. That was reserved for the rich uh, or for very, very special occasions. So note here how wisdom in preparing her meal, she spares no expense. Wisdom then mixes the wine. That's also something we're not really used to. In, in ancient Israel, wine was often mixed with spices and other ingredients in order to make it taste better. A, a common mixture was wine with honey and pepper, which actually sounds kind of good to me. Well, if you think about it, though, wine and honey and pepper in ancient Israel, these were all rare and expensive ingredients. So you can see again that wisdom is not being stingy. She prepares this delicious, this lavish meal of nutritious and delicious delicacies. So what's this all about? What is this meal that we're talking about today? Well, what else could it be but God's holy word, the only source of true wisdom? In God's word, we find two basic messages. First of all, the law, the message of do this and don't do that. The message, frankly, my friends, that kills us, that crushes us under the guilt of our sins, cuts off every avenue of escape for us. But thankfully, that's not the only message. In God's Word, we find the wisdom of the gospel, the good news that lifts us up from our guilt and despair, points our attention to the cross of our Savior, and shows us that there He won our complete forgiveness. This is the food that nourishes and satisfies us. Jesus himself, quoting from the Old Testament, said this, Man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. So God's word is a banquet of rich food for our souls, which he has carefully prepared for us. My friends, if we only always looked on it that way, you know, God offers us this delicious, nutritious, this very carefully prepared meal for our souls. But sometimes we look at it as if it's a hot pocket microwaved in a dirty microwave or just some kind of slop from a can. We can at times turn up our noses at God's word as if we don't have time for it, as if it's not good enough for us. You know, it's, it's amazing. If you go into our homes, you'll find that the remote controls and the smartphones are worn from use. While our Bibles and our catechisms are often like that precious moments figurine that's sitting on the shelf, they're a little bit dusty and we only look at them just once in a while. And that's in our homes. What about here in God's house? Well, there are always places, it seems, in our pews, especially during those summer months. Why is this? Why is it that, that God's word, the most precious message there is, just often seems to have a hard time gaining an audience? I mean, is it, is it really because that book, the Bible, is just so old and so outdated and it just doesn't apply to us anymore? Uh, is it because the, the pastors and preachers who proclaim this word are, are just so boring and out of touch? Maybe there's something to that, but you know what honestly is the most common excuse that I hear and that I give myself when it comes to hearing and being in God's Word? It's, I'm too busy. I'm too busy. And certainly we are busy. There's a lot to do. We are very busy people. But you know something? 
If we have become so busy that there's no place in our lives for God's word, then truly we are too busy. And something needs to change. Something needs to give. Something needs to be adjusted in our busy lives so that God's word has its proper place as the priority. Well, you know something? Here's the amazing thing. Our gracious God, in spite of our often turned-up noses, in spite of our spiritual apathy, He just keeps coming to us and inviting us to the banquet. He just keeps coming and inviting us to hear His Word. Isn't that something? It makes me think of a, a mom, faithful mom, who just faithfully, day in and day out, makes those delicious, nutritious meals for her family, sets them on the table, and what do the kids do? They come to the table, shaking their heads. They say, that's yucky, I don't want it. They turn up their noses and what does she do she keeps making those meals and she keeps inviting them to the table that's what our gracious God does for us in spite of our apathy he continues to invite us to the banquet and you know what my friends not just us but everybody listen again to our text wisdom has sent out her servants and she calls from the highest point of the city let all who are simple come to my house our text also tells us that she calls out to those who have no sense now who are the simple and who are those who have no sense well my friends let's admit it it's you and it's me and it's everybody because by nature we truly have no spiritual sense we do not have in us the wisdom that saves and so what does the God of grace and mercy do about that he calls he sends messengers to broadcast his invitation to the highest point of the city where everybody can hear in the past he sent out his prophets and apostles kings and evangelists to proclaim his message today he still sends pastors and teachers and counselors and missionaries and parents and Christian friends to invite us to the banquet of his grace and why does God do this why does he go to all this trouble for people like us who have no sense by nature well because he is the God who wants all people to be saved because he is the God who says I take no pleasure in the death of the wicked but rather that they turn from their evil ways and live my friends let's think about this carefully for a second if God wants all people to be saved and he does then that means he wants your salvation if God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, and he did, then that means that God loves you and sent Jesus into the world to save you. If Jesus is the atoning sacrifice for the sins of the whole world, and he is, then that means that his death paid for your sins and for mine too. My friends, this is great news. God wanted so badly to have our company in heaven. He wanted so badly to save us that he gave up that which is most precious. He sent his one and only son. And now he invites us to his banquet so that we can dine, so that we can feast on this good news. He invites us to the banquet of his word, which makes us wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. He invites us to this banquet of his grace that gives us life. You know, this world extends many invitations and makes many promises in those invitations. Buy the abdominizer. 
and before you know it, you'll have rock-hard six-pack abs, right? Drive our luxury car, and you will be the envy of all your friends. Invest with our company, and before you know it, you'll be on Easy Street. Well, that just is about advertising and those kinds of things. But there are other bits of wisdom this world shares. Like, just believe in yourself. Just believe in yourself and you will find success and happiness. Or how about this? It doesn't really matter much what you believe in. Just believe in something. Or my personal favorite, just do the best you can. That's all God can expect of any of us. Just do the best you can. Try to be a good person. Try not to hurt anybody. And of course, then God will let you into his heaven. My friends, like the sirens of Greek mythology, worldly wisdom calls out to us. And if we listen to that nonsense, then we will find ourselves dashed to pieces on the rocks. The ways and the wisdom of this world lead only to destruction and death. We need to listen to the call of godly wisdom. Come, eat my food and drink the wine that I have mixed. Leave your simple ways and you will live. The nutritious food and the rich wine of God's word gives life. Apart from God's word, my friends, there is no life. There is only death. Because only in God's word do we find the truth that gives us life. The truth about our Savior, Jesus Christ. Paul tells us in his letter to the Colossians that in Jesus are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. As we learned in our second lesson this morning, God's plan of salvation is something that we never would have dreamed up, not in a million years. We would always think we've got to do something for God and then he'll let us into heaven. This idea that God just hands out salvation free of charge, no strings attached, we never would have thought of that. God had to reveal it to us. He had to tell us about it. And that's exactly what he does in his word. In his word, he tells us of our Savior who left his heavenly throne and his glory and his almighty power behind for a time so that he could walk in our shoes, in our flesh, in our place under God's law. On the pages of Holy Scripture, my friends, and only on those pages do we find out about that Savior and how he walked in our flesh perfectly, obediently, without a stumble, not even once, and how a gracious God credits his sin-free life to us as if we were the ones who had lived it. On the pages of the Bible, we find out about the God-man who went to the cross and poured out his priceless blood, who gave up his life into death, and then three days later, miraculously, powerfully, took that life back again, and in so doing has conquered every one of our enemies forever. Sin and death and hell and Satan are vanquished. My friends, only in the word of God do we hear this message, and do we hear the invitation to believe it. For that's what God's word says. Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved. That kind of faith comes, the Bible tells us, from hearing the message. So my friends, don't forget about the banquet of God's word. Meat and potatoes and vegetables feed our bodies and keep us alive. But the food and drink of God's holy word feeds our souls. It is that food which brings life, both spiritual and eternal life. 
My friends, in thanks for God's love for you in Christ, rejoice in the invitation and come to the banquet. Feast on God's word in worship as you are right now and in Bible study. Uh, bring your kids to our school and to Sunday school and to confirmation classes. Uh, read your Bible regularly at home. Find a way to do that. Find a special time. Download an app from your phone that reminds you. Just find a way to do it. Have regular devotions with your spouse and with your family. Do it as often as you can. My friends, you won't be sorry. You won't be disappointed. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Filet mignon, Maine lobster, turtle cheesecake. Again, these are things that we look forward to. Just hearing those words makes our mouths water and our stomachs growl. May God grant us an even greater appetite for the food of his word. It doesn't just taste good. It gives us joy that never ends. It doesn't just feed our bodies. It nourishes our souls. It doesn't just keep us alive for a little while. It gives us life that lasts forever and ever. My friends, God has prepared a banquet of salvation for us, a feast of salvation offered to us in his word. And I want you to know that your name is on that invitation. Come to the feast. In Jesus' name, amen.